This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to the show. And one of the things we're really concerned about at the moment is it being a falling market. How do we get offers accepted in a falling market? Many of my clients are talking about the difficulty they are actually experiencing at the moment. Well, nothing is easy in the whole world would be doing property, wouldn't they? And they're not. So there is definitely a reason why at the moment you have to up your game. I think this is where we all have to grow a thick skin because it's not your job to get the agent's targets met. It's not your job to get become the agent's best friend. It's your job very easily just to buy well for your property business. That's it. The buying price is absolutely critical to your end profit. Now, it's not guesswork. Your aim, as I say, is to make a profit and it's price bought plus refurb plus finance costs plus your profit margin. How many people honestly don't always put their profit margin in. That equals the selling price. And the selling price is what you're going to sell it for to the open market or you're going to refinance it at. And the problem with a falling market is that end product is an unknown variable. You can't rely on it increasing in value as we can with the others. So your buying price, you've got to work backwards from that and you've got to be happy that you've got it right. Yes, I think it will be awkward that first time you float a low offer past an estate agent and you hear that intake of breath. If you've never done it before, you're going to have to start somewhere. So you're going to have to get used to howls of gales of laughter from some agents. That's how they react. Because after all, this, to a certain degree, this is a game, a little dance. I'll mention that again later, but you've got to go with the flow. You may have to get used to some quite strong rudeness from vendors because they're not where you are. They're on a different song sheet. But this is the thing. It's not a popularity contest. You're in a business. If you get the figures wrong and you make no profit, then there's no one coming in on a big white charger to refill your coffers and make it all right financially. No one is going to be coming here to pick you up. If you get it wrong, you've still got to pay that money back. You've still got to keep going or give up. It's a moment to make sure that you are practicing and putting into action everything you know how to do. This stuff, I say, say, is harder than it looks. But the people who are succeeding, I think, are doing three things. They're using all those contacts and relationships they've built up till now. They're upping their game because it will be harder to find that deal. And they're being quicker and nimbler. The early bird definitely wins the worm. Now, I don't think most of you will think, well, those are amazing. Hadn't thought of those myself. I agree. It's not rocket science, but putting all three things into practice is what makes them really successful. It's when all those hours of continuing talking to agents, you know, building relationships come into their own. Because no matter how well they know you, they're not going to be happy when you offer them a very low price. You know, that's not what they're used to. And it's not going to be any better for them just because they know, like, and trust you. Anyway, putting that aside, let's assume you've gone into the property and it does not live up to the billing. It's perfect, 
the building is perfect for you, but the price, the price to you is ludicrously overpriced. You're not going to be able to do what you need financially in order to make it work for you. But this is where your relationships come into play. Do not despair. Do not be tempted to laugh. You know, ha, are you having a laugh? This is a hilarious price. No, nor do you say, but for me, I'm a property professional. Surely there's a price that you could be gauging it at for me. Where should I be looking? No, the agent is a professional friend, not someone that you are going behind anyone's backs with, because don't forget, they work for the vendor. Really important to remember that. They may seem as if they're working on your side. They actually work for the vendor. So do the right thing. Look round as normal. Make all the right noises. In fact, you are checking out this building as if you know you would buy it and it's no problem at all, however much it's advertised for. Just do everything as per normal. And then do the normal thing about talking to the property professional who knows about it. The agent. This is where the critical phrase comes in. And it's not mine. I will put my hand up to this. I learned it from someone years ago. I thought it was a bit corny at the time. I put it into practice. I've used it ever since. It does what it says on the tin. It opens up so much that is very useful to you. Is this the vendor's price or is it yours? Okay. I.e., okay, Mr. Estate Agent, do you know something I don't? And so therefore you have said it's definitely worth this amount of money. Or have you got a vendor who's gone, I know the value of my property and I want to put it on with you. And because you wanted to win that instruction, you've put it on the price on the market at that overinflated price. Or don't forget, they could have had it going through the paperwork because the vendor's frightfully bad at putting paperwork back. It's taken 14 weeks to get to this stage and the market's moved between instruction and getting it on the market. Unlikely, but don't rule it out. Now, he's going to come back in one of two ways. There are only two answers to this. The first is that it's the market price which is slightly unusual, but he will justify it. That's fine. Let him justify it. If he's justifying it and he's correct, you should be overjoyed because clearly the market's going back in the opposite direction. And at some point in a, you know, a market that's going down, it will either plateau or go back up again. There's only three ways to move. So it's, you know, it's important to keep your ear open for when that moment happens because that's going to make a difference to you. But more likely... He is going to understand where you're coming from because, as I say, this is not my phrase. It's a well-used one. He's not heard it before. He might be expecting it. And he will say, no, it's the vendor's price. Um, I did try and tell him that it was a bit of a, a large ask, but they've insisted on it. And so that's what it's gone to market for. He will then, of course, then completely justify why he thinks the vendor is wrong because all agents do that. They like talking. They are people, people. They will tell you what's going on. Well, again, this is fantastic news because it's telling you that he's not going to be offended when you put in a, a ludicrously silly, small offer to the outside world. They're also telling you, in fact, they're giving it to you on a plate as to why your offer will be low. Fantastic. Listen for key phrases. You are going to be mirroring it back to them giving them back the words they've used and they will feel comfortable with what you're saying. So this is the moment to have a fabulous, quick little, well-tempered chat about the state of the market, how things are working, informative, very good-natured, agree on so many levels about the whole concept of property investment. You're all singing on the same song sheet. It's all wonderful. But eventually, of course, you will be asked that killer question, are you putting in an offer? Will you be thinking of putting in an offer? 
And you will, of course, because otherwise you would not be there. You do not waste your time. So having previously discussed the market, of course, and he's told you what you can expect as an A1 price or to sell or to refinance, he can't expect you to actually exceed that when you've done all the work. So he's already waiting for an offer from you, which may not be at full asking price. So therefore, having already gently and informatively laid the groundwork for your low offer, you can then casually say, yes, well, I was interested in putting in an offer, but you may not like it, but it'll probably be between X and Y. And then, of course, you add some little sort of caveats. I know your vendor isn't going to like that. I can fully understand it, but I'll confirm to you in writing. Don't give them a chance to say anything about it. Just, I know I'll confirm in writing. You'll have all my usual documentation, you know. Basically, what you're saying is you're going to make this a really easy way to sell you. You're going to provide your solicitor's details, your proof of finance, all the things he needs to say is this buyer is a fabulous little parcel. They've done it lots of times before. They always come through. It may be a low offer, but it's worth considering. They know your backstory. They will know you do your numbers, that you need to make a profit and that you will follow through and deliver on your offer. Now, that agent, he's in a tricky place. You know, they work for the vendor, as I say. And that vendor will be either the person who's listening to the chimp on their shoulder and telling them that their property is worth a lot, or they may be the other way, which is, oh my word, market's crashing. I need to sell. Quick, let's get going. Doesn't matter. He's going to be able to put your price across well. He can justify a whole raft of stuff if he knows that you are going to follow through. And don't forget, Bird in the hand is worth two in a bush. Again, lovely little cliche, but they're cliches for a reason, aren't they? They do work. Now, your offer may seem very low this week because it's perhaps the beginning of, of a fall or we're going into a plateau. But do you know, in six months' time, should the market continue to drop, that price may seem quite good, might seem very high. And that feeds into the second thing, which is you have got to up your game. So many of us get very lazy when it is definitely a buyer's market. It isn't life fun for us, that is. You've got to make sure you're oiling those wheels. You continue, as I say, to do everything you've always done, that it's clear to you and to anyone watching you that this is normal. doesn't matter what the market's doing. You are a professional investor. You just buy, you do up, you refinance, you sell no matter what is going on. Your job is to make sure that you follow up. And this is where so many people fail because they are so busy because they're upping their game and they're doing more and they're working faster and smarter that they forget that key thing of following up at 30 days, 60 days or 90 days. It may well come up in trumps. Now, first of all, if your offer is low compared to everyone else's, it will go to somebody else. But 30 days time, the market may well have altered quite radically financially, and they can no longer provide that mortgage if you're paying in cash or anything else. So you've got to follow up. And I know that some gurus will always say that you must never, ever reduce your offer when you put it on the table. Well, normally I would agree, but this is a business. And if the market is falling, you cannot afford to do that. Because don't forget, you've got to sell out or refinance and your value will not be the same as it was 60 days ago when you put in that first price. So you do have to adjust. That's fine. You know, you will go bankrupt and fail if you don't buy at the right price. You must remember that. And if the agent has come back to you, for instance, 60 or 90 days, because, well, Surveyor has now said that, no, that property isn't worth that amount of money. You will have probably a price that Surveyor is saying at today's price, that's what it is. Now, you're going to use that 
And you may well go in under that. Do you see how it's a system of slowly working out what everybody else is doing? Almost kaplunk of property for those of you who love those games. I think you will get howls of outrage, but then suddenly you'll stop feeling uncomfortable. You'll get used to this. All you've got to do is get that first low offer over the the line and you will realise that this is how you do it at the moment. This is what the feeling should be. It'd be much worse if you are committed to something that doesn't make financial sense. That feeling will be infinitely longer lasting. So you've upped your game by not blinking first. You've upped your game by acting in a professional manner as you can. And it's not the agent, don't forget, who'll make the final decision. No, he's just the messenger. It's the vendor themselves will make the decision. And sometimes they go for things that you don't expect them to be. Thirdly, nimble and quick, as I said, the market may be slow and sluggish, but doesn't mean you have to be. You may not have any idea about where the vendor's mindset is. And unless you're scattergunning your offers all around the country, you're going to know your patch like the back of your hand. So you can know exactly how much you're going to have to charge for it. So the whole change in the market may be a surprise to you. You will have less offers accepted, so offer more times. You may have to work faster. You may have to learn to be quicker and smarter when you chat to the agents. But these are all core skills that we property solopreneurs all need to have up our sleeves. Now, if you've not had a discovery call with me about how I work with property people to ensure that they've got a strategy that suits them, not their friends, and that they've put into place a working plan to be able to deliver what they want, ensuring that you've got your long-term and short-term goals to make sure that you're always fully motivated, then follow the links in the show notes and let's have a chat on Zoom about how I could help you. Spell my name A-E-L, so if you're sending an email to me, rachel at racheltroughton.com, it will reach me. Now, anyone can buy a property and hope to make money, but a property professional is one who will buy a property and then knows that they're going to make money out of it. That is the difference because the actual buying of a property is simple. It's a structured process that anyone can go through. Working in a falling market, it is a different skill to working in a fast rising one where your profit is built in by something you don't even have to do. But a falling market is where most fortunes are made. So be positive. Thank your lucky stars that, you know, one's come along and you've got the chance to take part. Lots of people are going to leave the marketplace, but you need to be doing the right thing in the right way. And don't forget, just because people are leaving the market and they're selling and they were landlords, doesn't mean to say that they are leaving because they're finding life difficult. They are leaving because they may be retiring or going on to do something else or the property has done what they needed to do. So they're not going to be offended by a low offer. Get your mindset working where you need it to be. And sometimes we have to work on our mindsets. But above all, don't forget that key phrase. Practice it in the mirror if you have to, you know, with nuances of how you say it and tonal differences. So that little phrase, is that your price or the vendor's price? Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.